everybody. Sean Sewell with the Engagement.com podcast. Very excited to have back on the show my friend Tyler Valencia from KIPS. That's the Kinesiology Institute for Performance um, Science. And um, we're going to have a really fun episode on how to not only adapt to the current situation, but to how to up your content quality and present in a way that benefits your audience, no matter what the genre, fitness or other professions. So this is going to be very valuable information-packed episode. So thank you for being on the show, Tyler. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Sean. Glad to be back and glad to share this information. Absolutely. Um, and I, I'm going to link to our first podcast because Tyler and I did a great episode about adapting. And since that time, we've both nerded out in the biggest way possible. <laughs> <laughs> and as you can tell, our setups are much better now. So yes. uh, we're going to talk about how we created these setups, how you can create these setups. Tyler put together a fantastic video of how to um, and what it looks like each step of the way when you improve the lighting, when you improve the audio, when you improve the camera, the capture cards, the uploads, all this process. Tyler's done a great job outlining this. And as a result, um, both him and I have now been hired by other companies to help them improve their quality of content. So yes, take note, guys. Get pens and papers and listen to <laughs> it at least twice. So, um, well, Tyler, since we were talking last time, um, what has been your favorite gear to improve the quality of your content? Mm, favorite, that's a tough question, just because yeah. I, just like you, I have really enjoyed the process of learning about lighting, microphones, cameras, mm -hmm. and you know the cam links and all that kind of stuff. And really it's probably, if I had to pick one, it'd probably be the camera. I know that you have I and I have exchanged many text messages about cameras, why we chose them, benefits, and all that kind of good stuff. And I think both of us, even when we were probably initially looking at cameras, we were like, man, I'm just going to spend the extra money and I'm going to get the more expensive one. <laughs> and I mean, that process of selecting a camera, um, and I know that we both shared that we're pretty similar in the fact that we both were like, okay, it's down to these handful of cameras, yes. which one do I go for? And then we spend probably two weeks just debating it in our heads. Oh, and yeah. I know ultimately we both settled on cameras that we both like, but yeah. um, for me, the cameras was such an enjoyable process. And ultimately the decision I made with the Sony a6400 was based off of, I'll say the fitness professionals view just before what I do with Kips and what I do with the consulting work that I do. Um, the Sony a6400 was great. And, uh, I mean, right before I purchased it, I was on location filming content and I had such a, uh, I'll say a novice move. I was filming content for a chapter and the autofocus kept going in and out. So I get back home and one, it was my mistake. I should have checked the footage before I went home, but I was there and the autofocus, and I had my dual camera setup already going, but it just kept going in and out. And I'm just like, oh my, like, I can't take this. And this, that's actually happened to me twice. Happened to me with um, microphones, which you and I've talked about. But when it happened with the camera, I literally went home and I pressed buy, buy now on the camera, which I ultimately settled on. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's a very good observation. And uh, Sony does make fantastic autofocus. Like they have like alien technology. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, only camera that I know of close enough to it is my Panasonic G9. It's got this really, and I'll show you in a second when I do some, some testing. But um, yeah, and that happens a lot. Like you and I are not professional video or photographers or audio people, but we mm -hmm. become that because of our want to serve the audience. Yeah. And so through trial and error and a whole lot of failure, <laughs> and buying equipment and selling equipment, um, we found some pretty good, you know, workarounds and setups. Yeah. So oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And that, the Sony, like, is such a good camera because you can get great lenses for it too. And actually, it's it is, you know, the sixty four, sixty five, and sixty six hundred now are like professional grade cameras, and you can shoot stuff for for magazine covers. I have friends that work for Backpacker and other magazines, and they always carry their sixty five or sixty six with them. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, for those listening that they see the price of it, I mean, I think I spent uh, around a thousand dollars for the package I bought off of Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it sounds a lot and it really is an investment. And yeah. I will say that the two other that I was deciding between, which was the Canon M50 and the Panasonic uh, G7. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think those ones are about 500 I think you, you can get them for about $500 less. 
and they're still solid cameras. Yeah. Um, just to share with people listening, the reasons I chose this one was based off of I liked the unlimited um, recording time that the Sony a64 has uh, some of their other cameras in the a series do have that same feature so with some other cameras you might notice that they cut off on their record time at around I think 29 minutes and 59 seconds because yes, there's is. some type of I think it's trade regulation that uh, if they if it goes over 30 minutes it has to be classified as something else yep <laughs> and so the fact that some cameras will have that in the the Panasonic there is a way to get around it they oh, there's tons of YouTube videos out there and I, I, I know that you watch them I've watched them too um, to basically get around that um, but it really did come down to recording time the autofocus was such a big thing so I, good, almost yeah. every review of the Sony had talks about the autofocus and what was the third feature that I really liked um, I think it was, I think the, co the color features, um, mm. the Sony does have these, they're called color profiles. Mm. Essentially you can put your own features in them and you can easily switch between what profile you want on them. So those kinds of things made me settle, but don't, but don't think that this is the one that you got to get for around $500 less. You can easily get a solid camera mm -hmm. for, uh, from Canon, the M50 and then the, the Panasonic G7, which is, they're all great cameras. They are. And to speak to that point, um, this is being shot with a Panasonic G7. There we go. Yeah. yeah. See, proofs in the pudding. The biggest difference is going to be, and I'll show in a second, the autofocus on the, this one is not as good. So you can manual focus and just stay in the shot. And mm -hmm. I learned this the hard way. This camera I've used to interview Patagonia, North Face, Black Diamond, and create probably 150 videos on YouTube. So it's totally sufficient. The oh, lens yeah. I'm using right now is a prime lens. That's what really makes the, it look so good. It's got that kind of a bokeh. Sony's gonna have a better bokeh right out the gate because that is, they do that. But to get the bokeh, the depth of field change, you're gonna want lower aperture. So this is a 1.7 fixed aperture, uh, 15 millimeter. So what that means is it's you can't zoom in and zoom out. It is what it is. So just make sure you know where you should be in frame. And then you get this look. And it looks pretty damn good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The camera, I, I think I paid 500 and it came with a kit lens, which was sufficient. And then I, on Amazon warehouse, I got this Leica, which Leica is you know, very good as Zeiss is mm -hmm. for Sony, um, maybe 300 bucks. And it's, you know, 800 bucks all in. Boom. Oh, yeah. 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 And it is an investment. I know that I said that already. Um, and when, as fitness professionals, we see these costs and we're like, Oh my, like, that's a month's worth of, you know, training or, you know, one, training with one client. But it's the, when you start thinking about what you can do with these cameras these days. And I mean, just how we're using these for a zoom, um, yeah. a zoom conference. I mean, you still, you can make them for content. If you want to make a library of exercises, if you're going to make an online course or whatever it is, this camera is going to be that main source. So why, why not invest in it and buy something that one you're going to be happy with, but something that's going to be reliable. Absolutely. And that's a very good point. It is an investment. And um, I, I try to make the cost logic to myself. And so in the first month of having this camera, it paid for itself for the content. Oh, yeah. And that was two years ago. So since then, I, I justified getting the G9, the Leica, and I got, I'll show that in a second, I got a, the gimbal. Uh, gimbals make a huge difference, especially when you're running and gunning, or if you're shooting fitness videos or interviews, that steady shot oh, yeah. goes so much farther than shaky like getting chased in a horror movie kind of shot you know <laughs> so and that's the, funny yeah, and there's work there's ways around this too with like even a smartphone for 100 dollars, you can get a very good gimbal that will hold your smartphone and you can get we'll show you in a moment we'll go into the audio you can get good mm -hmm. microphones plug right in and you can create some very good quality even 4k videos for your youtube or vimeo account for your clients for your businesses i'm um, in fact i've been contracted to help a, a law firm create their YouTube channel and shoot videos like what to expect with contingency, what to expect with your case, um, mm -hmm. basic content. And we're shooting all with an iPhone with these road microphones and it looks sharp. It's better than most content out there. And so these little tweaks that we're going to go over in good detail will really put you a step or two ahead of everybody else. Um, and hopefully, you know, every client, every student I've worked with has noticed these little differences. And even for, is a funny example I was telling Tyler before we push record, I was on um, a Kickstarter um, PR pitch basically because as in gear, I do gear reviews and I won't mention the company, but mm -hmm. there were 20 other 
media companies like Gear Junkie and Backpacker Magazine and all those other companies, as well as the presenters. And um, they're all using their webcams on their you know, laptops or home computers, which is totally fine. That's how most people are doing things these days to get by. But since Tyler and myself and some of our friends have these cameras around, uh, we, we've learned how to use them, and we'll teach you how to do that here in a few moments. I plug in, and the presentation literally stops. Everybody looks at the setup you see behind you. You're like, and like you see Tyler's and I said, we put thought into this. My wife helped me a lot on this background. So it's a great representative of who I am. Like, there's the book with, with uh, Pavel right there, man. There's my book I wrote. There's the map that I'm a sponsor for. Um, you know, and there's Dave Whitley's book up there. And, you know, this is very representative of who I am as a brand and a company as a person. And just like with Tyler, that's a very aesthetically pleasing background. Mm-hmm. And these are things you can do as well because you're inviting people into your home or your, your place of business. And just as you would if they were in person, put forth the effort to make the aesthetic representative of what you want to be. And it's exactly. a fun process too. Oh, yeah. And uh, just to hit on it quickly, what you started off with about your clients notice it, that's mm-hmm. exactly what I tell other fit professionals. Um, about putting the extra effort into just even the settings on their phone. If they're filming off of their phone, there's a way with most iPhones these days uh, to put them into 4K if you're recording. I mean, these just these little things like that, clients notice them and they're going to want to pay for their service. And right. I mean, just last weekend, I was doing a webinar for a company that uh, I consult for. They're called Fitness Fest Events and Conferences. And um, we were talking about lighting. So it was actually Sean recommended the light that I have above my head right now. And I used it over there for a webinar that we were filming and the speaker, the presenter, she was just talking about how lighting has been such a key element for her, um, her streaming workouts. She makes her own little studio office. Um, just like how Sean and I have sets up her lights, sets up her cameras and she puts these extra things into it because she wants to sell something that people will sign up for. And a lot of people that you and I talk to, I'm sure they all share a very common theme of they're signing up people from around the country, around the world that can tune in for it. That's the one thing that some people um, forget or they don't uh, fully understand with it is that instead of just looking at your local market for you know brick and mortar trainers, you're now looking at people across the country. And that alone is a reason to you know really think about it. Do I want to do online training? Uh, you do these little tweaks, get a nice camera, get a microphone, get some lights, and all of a sudden you're selling across the country, and now you've got another revenue stream. Yes, and that's another topic we should talk about too. Most fitness people I know do one thing, they do it very well, and that's mm-hmm. the one thing they've done for years, if not decades, and so, you know, three months plus now, they've had to make some big changes. Some of them yeah. have uh, thrown the towel in, understandably, and gotten different positions and, you know, gone that direction. Others doing the best they can, you know, doing live Facebook training in their garage or their basement, putting up a, a bed sheet behind them. Like I've enjoyed watching my colleagues <laughs> look at their own content and like put up like Christmas lights or something just to try and make it look a little more appealing. And, and it's really meaningful to me to see them put that the heart and stuff into it. And a lot of them have reached out on, okay, what microphone should I get? What is a, what's a shotgun microphone? What's a lavalier microphone? Um, just different things because as they hopefully go back and look at their content and realize, oh, the audio could have been a lot better. It's very echoey. You know, mm-hmm. think about where you're shooting the room. Is it is it a very live room? Is it a very dead room? Like in yeah. you know, podcast people I've talked to, I won't mention names because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but a lot of <laughs> podcasters prior to doing video podcasts would talk under a sheet to kill the sound. <laughs> and it's a free hack <laughs> and yeah. a very successful podcast. And that's, you know, there's these little tricks and little tips that are attainable by anybody. And like, mm-hmm. I'm super excited for Tyler and I to go over this and show you our evolution. And it's still a process. I'm always nerding out. And in fact, my the next guest next week is a professional content creator on YouTube. And he's got, I have like 1.7 million views on my YouTube, which seems like a lot. I'm pretty sure he's got about 100 million views on his. And he wow. creates professional content, travels the world, does drone <clears> shots, <throat> does official wow. to like cities like Sao Paulo, Brazil. Like these, Big deal. So I'm going to pick his, his brain out on what he does. And the, back to cameras, he uses a camera between the camera I'm shooting on and the camera I'm going to show you called the GH5. And the GH5, again, it's a $1,000 camera, and um, it's professional. You can shoot in 6K, um, or wow. 4, 6K down to 4K, um, and then 60 frames a second unlimited. And again, unlimited video is super helpful. 
and I've experienced this in interviews, <laughs> middle of Patagonia interview, my camera stopped at 2959, I have an hour long interview. So very <laughs> embarrassing, <laughs> but that's how we learn, right? We, it happens all the time. But I, and to your point, that hack on the G7 took me four minutes to do, and it works. So I can record until the battery dies. Yep. These carry extra batteries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of these fun kind of hacks we can go into. All right. Um, so camera-wise, Tyler Sony, great setup, very, very good autofocus, very reliable, good color profiles. Um, most all of them that I know of have the 3.5-inch headphone jack, which will be very important because next topic we're going to talk about microphones. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, Microphone-wise, you see um, he's got a USB-powered uh, Blue Yeti, I believe. That's yep. a fantastic microphone, especially if you're going to be doing uh, like talking head videos or podcasts. It's, uh, it's cool because it's USB-powered, so you don't have to get an interface. Plugs into any computer. You know, you have different patterns you can pick, too. Um, you can pick like the figure eight, the fancy one, so you can be interviewing somebody. You can pick probably the pattern Tyler has right now, which is probably a pattern recommend and the sound quality is fantastic and um that's what he's using right now that sounds great yep. oh yeah and you know with um it's kind of funny we were talking about before what kind of setup um, i was gonna do with my microphone i didn't know if i wanted to have it hanging so with the desk setup that i have i watched this very neat um tutorial on a like basically a one stop or one stand that essentially holds everything mm -hmm. so in my office right now in the corner of my desk i essentially have um their they're primarily used for uh, desk monitors. So I bought a desk monitor extender that is, I think it's 32 inches. Mm -hmm. And essentially that has my light on the top, which has a, a, a triple extender that goes over. Um, the one below that is for my microphone. And then I have a, um, a desk clamp that then brings it up and over. And then my camera is on the bottom, which is on an extender as well. Um, but with the microphone, that is one thing that, I say if you're doing podcasting or YouTubing, you're recording content, it's one of the most important elements. I mean, if you have an iPhone, you, you can still get 4K video um, or at least uh, 1080, but with the microphone, if people can't hear you or if, they, if your audio comes in and it just sounds poor, they're not gonna wanna listen. So getting a microphone that's gonna last, and Blue Yeti, or sorry, uh, Blue makes different versions. They have a $60 version. I think they have a $80 version these days. I mean, it makes such a difference in terms of what you can put out there. And both, and Sean actually recommended the, the microphone that he has clipped to his t-shirt to me, and I have that one as well. And, it's so, and it makes it so easy um, in terms of just being able to clip it onto your t-shirt and you're ready to, to go right there if you're on a location or if you're interviewing people it makes it so easy for it and so not skipping on that kind of stuff uh, it's gonna go a long way and just how Sean said this one is easy and I mean that's something that when you're getting into tech stuff how easy is it gonna be to set something up yeah, yeah. and that was um, well video that I'm actually gonna finish recording um, after this podcast with Sean is a setup a podcast a quick podcast quickly and when I talk about microphones, it, I say exactly what I'm saying right now is that it's very easy to set up. I plug it into the top, top of the mic, bottom of the microphone, and then I plug it into my computer through a USB port. Simple. Mm -hmm. And if you're having guests and if you are interviewing people, the ease of setup with them is always something you got to take into account. It might sound like it's like a small feature, like, oh, no, everybody knows how to use Zoom, but they don't. Everybody knows how to you know, plug in a microphone, they don't. And so <laughs> that side of working with tech, it's something that you got to consider just because how much time are you going to spend 15 minutes, 20 minutes being like, no, it's in your settings. You got to make, you got to plug it in and then you got to go, you got to go to your settings and then you got to make sure that you select the right one. Yep. And just what I liked that Sean mentioned was talking to about sound quality, about your room. I mean, people can't see it, but in front of me, I have, um, studio foam that absorbs the sound when I speak forward just because I don't want it bouncing all around yep. prior to uh, the, the setup behind me and then even putting stuff in my office it was so not noticeable it just sounded like the sound was bouncing all over the walls because there's nothing to absorb it and right. so I invested I think it was to be honest 30 35 dollars in a package of studio foam and it, it was a package that came with more so I put some in, into my home gym and now I have this 
block of studio foam right in front of my desk. So when I am doing a podcast um, or if I am recording somebody, my sound at least comes through. And then you work with your guests. So make sure you tell them, okay, can you go into a room that maybe you have your bed, your beds in it, or there's carpet in it, little things like that, that if there, you have them, you know, you can do a little tweak, say, okay, do you have a headset? Can you please wear your headset? Because at least they're not just talking into their computer. Um, there are people that do that. There are guests that, oh, I just have a computer. And you're like, <laughs> can you please put your face close to the computer? Um, there are things that you will encounter. That's, that's great advice. And I didn't know you had the foam. I'm going to wear the foam today. Because you know, <laughs> that's really helpful. This room doesn't have really a whole lot of soft things in it, aside from a punching bag and some backpacks. <laughs> everything else is very dense, and there's a bunch of really heavy metal down there. So everything's oh, yeah. just bouncing around. <laughs> but, um, and so his microphone setup is fantastic. The reason I'm using this, I will get into here in a minute. I mean, if I showed you all the microphones I have here, they're all very good professionals. Some has their 935, the Shure SM58. This, um, I forget this one is, this one Pat Flynn uses. Um, and I have it going into a, a Scarlet Focus 2x2, two two, uh, Add the Road podcast, all these things that I'm not using at the moment because I'm trying to keep it simple. Now I'm gonna show you a really cool feature I was showing Tyler. The reason I have this on is because if I get up and move around, the audio will still stay the same. Whereas if Tyler yeah. moved, um, the audio would get quieter the farther it gets away. So if you are coaching or doing something where you're going to be moving around, then this might behoove you. The difference is it's not USB. So if you're at a computer recording and doing a Zoom, the setup Tyler has for 100 bucks, fantastic. If you are going to be recording on location or using a camera or your iPhone, this is where this setup comes in handy. It comes in white and black. The white one just came out. And... Um, so what it is, is this is a microphone, and you can actually plug in a lavalier microphone as well to wrap mm -hmm. out so you don't have a big honking thing right there sticking out. But it, um, it, this talks to this, and you can set different levels, and it's really cool is it's got a, a, a feature where you can see the levels as you're talking. So you can know when you're clipping and when you're not. And see, this is the downside of a Panasonic. It's not good autofocus. <laughs> so when Tyler's hands were moving, it did a great job focusing back. <laughs> so that was just a good test to show the audience. Um, so what I'll do is I get up and walk away, and the camera will probably go out of focus at least twice, and but the audio will still stay the same. So mm -hmm. this is great. You know, I could be anywhere I want to be in the room, and the audio still is consistent. So if you're filming something in or teaching a group class or something, that's a feature. Again, see, there's Panasonic not finding my face. Boom, come on. There. Again, <laughs> reason to get a Sony for that reason. <laughs> but that's just a, a perk of having that right there. Um, and they, they last a long time. I I use these when I, was, when I do outdoor retailer show, which would have been later this month. We would do about 100 meetings over two or three days. And I can get almost a full day of recording out of, out of these Rode microphones. Um, they're oh, yeah. investment, like 200 bucks, maybe 190 on sale sometimes, but they always work, never had an issue. And there's ways to merge the sound in. You can get a $10 little splitter. I was hoping to have on my table, but you can split it right into your headphone import jack or mic input mm -hmm. jack, I should say. And that way you can interview people as long as they're relatively the same voice. If they're not, you can adjust the input level on the Rode microphone. Very useful. Oh, yeah. yeah, if I oh, can yeah. Oh, use yeah. it, anybody can use this. Oh, yeah. Something small, just to point out for people that are potentially want to do a podcast or they're going to be recording audio, is the arm feature. If you see where Sean's microphone is, or so mine is over my head, but a big tip is making sure that you're comfortable when you're recording audio. So let's say that you're recording a lecture or you're going to be on a podcast. You don't want the guests, and this is something I always tell them, is make sure you're comfortable and make sure that the computer is somewhere that you're not going to be moving around all uh, throughout the episode because they can pick that up. So oh, yeah. with the arm feature, I mean, they come in uh, a desk clamp feature. I mean, that is, I think, $15 on Amazon. I know mine was $15. And it makes it so you can get comfortable in your chair and you can record quality sound because sometimes if you're on a podcast, you're on there for 45 minutes, an hour, or if you're recording audio for a lecture, an hour, an hour, hour and a half. And so you want to make sure you're comfortable and that you're not picking up all these little, you know, touching papers and that kind of stuff that you might forget it. 
But when you go back and you're listening and you're editing the audio, those are the things that make you upset. You're like, why didn't I just stay still? Why did I do that? And, and if you do have to take notes, you know, or type and do, you know, communicate, having these arms and having your, your face within a good distance of the, the microphone. So this wouldn't be good audio using this microphone, right? I would need to talk right at it or right above it. And that way it'll be really clear, very good quality audio, and it won't pick up the typing. As you're mm -hmm. So, um, and also headphones. So with Tyler's microphone and the setup I have, it's, you know, very smart to like Tyler is using his AirPods to monitor this right here really helps like oh yeah having one with my scarlet and I can really hear the difference in my microphone and your microphone if I'm listening to the speakers on my my computer which I'm doing prior to this I wouldn't be able to tell the difference so this really helps you know when to talk into the microphone or boost your your game and mm -hmm. they're expensive they're 40 bucks so you know little tips you know to make your content stand out little tips and something that I actually did recently. So as Sean mentioned, I've been putting out tutorials on YouTube with mm -hmm. Kips, um, tech, tech stuff. So had a stream on zoom, had a stream on Facebook. Um, I did one on a capture card. Uh, the one I'm doing at right after this is going to be on starting a, a podcast quickly. Uh, but something I did was I had somebody look at my videos. So Sean always, he, he's always in tune and Every time I post one, Sean always comments on it or messages me, which is always great. Um, and I thank him for it every single time. Um, but thankfully, I also have a, uh, somebody that attended our, one of my classes with Kips that she's a professional editor. That's her main job. And I mean, she edits movies, trailers. She can't ever tell me what she's editing, which I was a little upset when I think it was right before one of the big Marvel movie was, movies was coming out. And I kept bugging her about it. But she kept saying that she can't tell me anything. Um, but literally, she, it was almost like she was live streaming it to me. She was watching the videos and messaging me all her little tips. And what's kind of funny, Sean mentioned about the autofocus, my hands. I'm usually a hand talker. Mm -hmm. And I try. One of her tips was to not use my hands and to use facial expressions. Yeah. And so what I'm trying to do right now, and it's kind of working, it's kind of not, is I with my hands, I'm playing with like all the little uh, cord, <laughs> the cord clips to yeah. help, you know, you know, secure these and put them away. So I'm not using my hands, uh, but it did, it did point out the good autofocus of the camera I have. Yeah. But uh, you know, those, the tip is though, to have someone look at your stuff yeah. because that's, you know, a second pair of eyes on is only going to make your content better. And if you're trying to grow a channel, get more views on it, you want it to be as best as possible. You do. That's, that's, that's really great. You have that asset to, to give you that feedback. It's true. Like, like you, um, I talk my hands a lot. If I'm recording, you know, somewhere else and not doing streaming, I do that because as you probably noticed, the more I move, the quicker we move, especially on zoom, it can't keep up with that. So I've had to really calm down. <laughs> rest, you know? It's something that, uh, Sean has already pointed out, but it, it's such a good point about the backgrounds that we have. Um, I liked how Sean mentioned it with, we're inviting people into our homes. And I remember when I think it was the first podcast that we did, I know that your background was different. Mine was different. And then maybe like the next week, uh, Sean and I were text messaging about, uh, his wife helped him put it together, but it really, it does explain you know, what he's doing, what he likes to do. And it shows people, um, you know, that side of you. And for me, um, so my wife also helped me. She built my floating shelves. She decorated. I don't know how to decorate. And <laughs> I just had, I had like posters up there. Yeah. Uh, but if I'm going to be recording content in my office, uh, you, you want to make sure that the, the background looks pleasing. And that was another tip that this editor gave at some of the, t uh, the tutorials I did were in my home gym. And she's like, Oh, you know, make sure that you put away the cord. Like she, she noticed these cords in the background or she noticed all these little things and people see those things and especially i mean she's an expert she mm -hmm. does that for a living she's like i i do this for a living in terms of correcting things but people notice those things they'll notice um i mean it was a clip it was a thumbnail image that i noticed sean's background or i noticed when he yeah. started using the capture card because you could see all those little things more clearly you can see yeah. the logo for colorado personal fitness or you could see the trophies in the background things like that and people are like, oh, that's cool. And it, it shows the professionalism. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you know you noticed that right away. And that was really cool. And other people do too. And again, it's 
this is a, a time for people to show their personality and, their, and what they're excited about. This is their like, you know, representative of them. So yeah. they can have fun with it. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money. I mean, the floating shelf, I have like three of them. I think I got for like 15 bucks maybe. And like, I don't know where, cost plus or someplace, Target, mm-hmm. whatever. It's super simple. Um, if you have a friend to help you decorate or a wife, uh, they like doing this too. <laughs> so so yes. they bring them into the world and support them. So capture cards. All right. Yes. This is a fun topic. So this was something that was totally new to me. Um, and I spent a lot of time researching and wasting money and breaking things. So basically <laughs> what a capture card is, it is a, a way to take a live feed from your camera and put it into your computer. Mm-hmm. And um, they're relatively simple to use. They vary in price. I know before the COVID pandemic, they were probably a little bit cheaper. But since web cameras were not really available <laughs> right after middle of March, this became the best option, uh, at least for, for me and for Tyler. And then also, it allows us to use a much better camera than a webcam. A webcam, yes. like, it's a very small and very crappy quality, to be honest. I have no idea why they haven't made more advances in them. I'm sure they will now. But now we're taking a real... A professional camera, a mirrorless camera for both of us, and that allows for more light, for better lenses, for better optics. Um, and you're going to take that that quality, and you're going to pump it out into a, a capture card. Mm-hmm. And I have a capture card, right? Yeah, it's kind of hard to see, and it, it's just a pass-through piece of metal. Let me see if I can focus that better. Almost. See. A little too close for Panasonic. Anyways, <laughs> what it is, is I have my microphone going into it right there. So that's my receiver for the road going into the audio port. And then there's a big honking USB cable that goes into the computer. And there is my HDMI to HDMI mini for this particular camera. Now here's a cool trick. So with Zoom, or with any kind of software, I'm sure, you can use different cameras. I can use the regular webcam, or I can use this camera, or I can go over to Let's see if this guy's on. He is. All right. There it is. There it is. All right. So now, got this camera. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to present and demonstrate, uh, say some exercises, or talk to the audience, or give them a little different point of view, right? Because it's nice to mix things up. And again, this is using a capture card. This is a Panasonic G9, uh, 12 millimeter lens on it right now. And um, yeah, and how, how it looks right now, the reason it looks good is because I have lighting, and I'll show the viewers a lighting setup here. This is where things get pretty exciting. All right, so there's one light right there. Here's my best light right here, natural mm-hmm. light, obviously. And then there's my other light, very bright. So, and put it back where it goes. Taking it crazy. So, you know, it's nice to have this angle so you can present things um, and then It'd be really nice if I could have remote control and punch it over to the original camera. And again, since it's using capture cards, and by having the audio go through the capture card, it shouldn't have changed, right? It's consistent audio the whole time. Mm-hmm. So little little tweaks. Little oh yeah, and an, another way that it, there is a little bit la- lag in the t- in the way that I'm about to explain, um, but I have done it. I actually have an HDMI splitter. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I have it in my desk right here. Um, I think it's in my camera bag, but anyways, with the HDMI splitter, essentially it goes from, uh, your two camera sources, the HDMI cords will plug into the HDMI splitter and then that will plug into the capture card, uh, for just how Sean did. Essentially you can go from camera A to camera B. Uh, the ways that I've used it before is if I'm filming a webinar, I can have someone start in one area. Let's say they're doing an introduction. And again, I'm talking with my hands, but they're doing their introduction. And they're like, okay, now I want them to go to the lecture portion in front of a desk and seated in front of a computer. You could flip the switch. And then all of a sudden, they're at their other desk area with a different camera. Um, again, you got to think about mm-hmm. the record times, the battery sources for the cameras, and then the lighting of both those different areas. Um, but it is a cool feature with the capture cards in order to get this better quality um, source going into your, your Zoom meetings. If you're doing a lot of these, if you're or if you're streaming workouts, it's such a difference. And it, exactly what Sean said, with the the cameras on computers, they're not the best. 
And so you can get multiple uses out of your camera. Um, from my experience with capture cards, so I'm actually on my third capture card. And it, I don't want to say it's a process of um, the other ones were bad or it was a process of, I'll say, exploring. Um, so right now I have the Elgato um, Cam Link. And so a lot of these capture cards, they're used by gamers. Gamers that want to stream their, uh, their, they're basically them playing video games onto YouTube or uh, what is it called? Twitch, um, yeah, Twitch. and different, uh, different formats. And so for people that are doing webinars or doing stuff online, it's a great way for them to utilize uh, a cam link in order to do it. So I started with one called the HD60 Live. I made a tutorial about it. I did talk about the other ones that I, I have. Um, by no means was it that bad. For me, it just wasn't. Uh, I just wanted something a little bit better. And uh, I just know for the setup I had, there was a little bit too much of a lag. Yeah. And so uh, after that, I had the Blackmagic uh, recorder. And with that one, um, unfortunately, I couldn't get it to work. And thankfully, I had, uh, I purchased it through eBay and the person did give me a refund on it. So I just had to ship it back. And it was a very simple process with that. But unfortunately, I just couldn't get it to work. I had watched a lot of tutorials on how to set it up, what um, settings you need to do, what software you need to download. And from everything that I saw, I mean, there were other people that had similar issues, um, but also the quality was supposed to be solid. It's supposed to be yeah, like one of the better capture cards. And I just, and I wanted it to work and I just couldn't get it to work. And at the same time uh, that I got it, I had seen a, a Elgato cam link and the price on those ones on the secondary market, like offer up, Facebook market is, I mean, probably 70 to hundred dollars more than what they normally go for. Um, but from what I'd heard, it was, it's the best one out there right now. And so that's the one I'm using right now. And it's really plug and play. Um, it's uh, essentially, it can plug directly into a USB 3.0 port on your computer. And then on that other end, you just plug in your uh, HD mini HDMI from your camera to the cam link and boom, you're in. And there's no extra software that you need. Immediately after I plugged it in, I wanted to test it. So I opened up QuickTime on my computer. I have a Mac and it was already showing and it was very noticeable um, with the clarity, the 4K, um, and then with the addition of the lights, it just really made it that much, uh, say better than the other ones I've had. So it was a process to get to where I am uh, with the cam link right now, but it's a learning process and it's something that uh, if you have the ability to get a cam link right away and because I mean, I'm sure many people are going to uh, go through offer up, they're going to go through Amazon. It's tough to get one on Amazon when I was about a month ago, so many of them were sold out. Um, but if they have the opportunity to get a cam link and they see one for around, I'll say I paid two fifteen for mine. Um, but if you can get one in that price area or even just a little bit below, I would say jump on it. I, now that I'm remembering a little bit more uh, through the process, I will say there was actually one more that I got, and it's kind of embarrassing, but I got a, um, an Elgato um, Camlink uh, S, and it actually didn't work because the, only their S Plus and their Camlink work for the Sony A6400. Um, so making sure that you do your research and check that it works with your uh, the camera source that you have, it's such an important that Elgato has it on their website, uh, what cameras work with certain, with certain cam links, uh, with certain capture cards. Um, so making sure that you check those features is, is very important. I, I'll say I learned the hard way, but I also made money off of reselling it. Um, so I can't be too upset about it. Yeah. Well, it should be noted that Tyler's very good at the Facebook marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> the, the very first time I met him, he was doing a certification that was a very good certification. And for lunch, he acquired tacos off of Facebook. I was very impressed. <laughs> you know? yeah, so uh, my friends make fun of me for it, but I, I mean, I love Facebook market and offer up. I mean, part of how I built my home gym, which is, I'd say it's a pretty nice home gym, um, is buying stuff secondary. I know that I probably spent a fraction of what, if you were to buy all that stuff new, but, uh, Check it out for capture cards or even for food. <laughs> Very helpful in both areas. <laughs> oh, I dig it. Um, so 
hopefully the, um, the listeners and the viewers have got just a lot of great content out of this already. So they're probably taking notes and putting things in their cards right now. Um, you've done a fantastic job with your podcast as well. You're up to episode, was it 16? No, no, uh, 18. 18. Nice. And um, I thank you for having me on. I think it was episode nine or so. And since then, you know, we were, that was probably the first month of this three month pandemic so far. Um, mm -hmm. What has been, uh, what have you, what's the common theme you're learning from these professionals and how they're adapting to, to the new way of serving people? For sure. Um, so kind of embarrassing. I just spilled on myself in 4K <laughs> during this podcast. All details. Um, I know. They can see it every, I can see all of it. Um, but really, um, from what I've seen and the people that I've been interviewing, is that the fitness professionals that are making that switch quick, that are adapting. And I mean, it's not all going to be gold right away, but the mm -hmm. ones that are adapting as quickly as possible, they're the ones that are finding that they have a new revenue stream throughout this process. Okay. Um, one of my favorite interviews that I did was from a gym owner up in Redmond, Oregon. Um, she runs a business called HitLogic. And the reason why I had her on was I'd noticed pretty quickly on Facebook, just everything that she was doing. Um, she was streaming workouts, she was sharing stuff and the process that she explained for what they, what they went through, but then also what she's doing now, she was saying that she's also being contacted by gym chains in order for, to potentially do consulting for them, like their group exercise, their streaming group exercise. And you think about that as a small business owner, a gym owner, being contacted by a gym franchise to help them out with their process, it just opens up those doors. And so she, um, she explained how, and that process from seeing what she's doing to getting her on the podcast, that happened in almost 48 hours. And she put out a 30 minute podcast that was just all gold in my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, she talked about that they basically, they have a private Facebook group set up that essentially you have to buy access to. And in that group, they have people from around the country that are on it and they can, you know, they can store the, the streamed workouts in there. And then on top of that, so she said about for every five people that they lost, they were also signing up two to three. So think about that throughout this time, gyms are probably losing uh, members, but the ability to sign up new people throughout that time period, I think that was amazing to hear. And that goes across it's not just in the US. The, the last guest that I had on, um, she is a gym owner in Jordan. And actually, she switched her whole business to online. Unfortunately, at the time that I'm saying this right now, uh, I think today she actually posted that she had to shut down the brick and mortar. But they've actually found that they can expand online. And what I liked, and this is what we talked about in the podcast, was how she was using her podcast to add a benefit to her members. So she's interviewing guests from around the world, but the experiences that they're talking about, so they're talking about breathing techniques, they're talking about sleeping, they're talking about nutrition, mental health, and this is an extra added benefit to her members. So that, I think that's the beauty of online training, in my opinion. Of course, we still like their gym training, we like live training, all that kind of stuff, but being able to add that as a benefit of being a part of your online training group. I mean, you can open it up to whoever is in your network or if you can reach out to somebody. Now you have that extra benefit that just helps you compete a little bit more in a very competitive market. That's very well put. And that's uh, Mona Vitar. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah, listen to that episode. That was very helpful. I, I appreciate her, her take on things. Um, and it was actionable. Even from my, in my point of view, I learned some stuff from her too. That, that's great. <clears throat> um, is it the Katie Cruz episode you're talking about? It was exactly. Yep. Okay, cool. I'm going to put a link to both number 15 and 18. They're all great, but those thank you to our conversation. And um, yeah, how great is it to provide extra value to the people when they need it the most? I mean, I've been mm -hmm. reading people, some just totally have fallen off in their processing, but the other ones that have continued with the virtual training are sitting, call them pandemic PRs, <laughs> which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, um, up here in Denver, things are easing up a bit, um, but you know I'm I'm interested to see how things are gonna. I mean, the, we haven't decreased in cases, and so it's just mm -hmm. kind of maintaining. So my logic is thinking: put in the time, invest 
the time, a little bit of resources on getting good equipment so you can provide this content indefinitely, right? Yeah. This isn't going away next week. Mm -mm. So. And something to um, add on to, and this is actually just to give a little insight on to actually where uh, my mindset is in with the technology, just because you start investing in all this gear and you got to edit it. You get mm -hmm. to that point where you got to edit and all of a sudden you're getting quality content in 4K and you got these huge files. So I'm actually in the process of upgrading now my computer setup. Um, I have a MacBook Pro that I already upgraded. Um, so I already upgraded the RAM um, and the storage on my MacBook Pro as much as I could. But it's still not putting out or it's making editing a little more difficult. So I'm actually looking into older Mac Pros, um, the 5.1s, which are great computers. I mean, these are 10-year-old computers, but you can upgrade them so much that they're beasts. They're beasts of um, computers. They're these towers, and they're huge. But essentially, you can get one for the fraction of what a new Mac Pro would come out right now. So, I mean, the Mac Pros that are coming right now, even the base models, I think they're coming around $6,000, but they go up to about $15,000. And so getting something that's 10 years old, of course, there are limitations um, to some of these. But, I mean, you can get one for around $1,000 or even a little bit less, and they're great computer rigs. So I'm hopefully going to be pulling a trigger on one of those today. Um, I've been doing the same thing I did with the computers, sorry, with the cameras, how I'm researching, and I'm, I don't want to call it dilly-dallying, but I'm taking my time to purchase one um, just because it is a rather large expenditure. Okay. Um, and it's a big decision. Uh, but uh, that is actually where I am right now just because you get all this stuff and now you got you to make it look nice. And if you don't have a solid computer, some of your edits, some of your even smaller edits are going to take hours to days just because you're editing now in 4K and these are large files that you're exporting. Tyler's so right. Oh my goodness. So I, I do a lot of... <laughs> A lot of video content in 4K, 60 frames a second. Those are basically a gig and a half per minute. And I will shoot, like tonight, um, I'm going to go do product reviews while I'm camping with the dogs for Solo Stove, BioLite, Patagonia, Mystery Ranch, Lander. Um, I have like five more things, I'm sure. But so I'm going to make good quality content. And you don't get it on the first take or the second. <laughs> so you've got huge files. And I actually, yep. you're going to love this. One of the things I'm testing is a 330-watt um, solar charger because wow. um, I need that because my laptop, MacBook Pro with an i7 and loaded RAM and solid-state hard drive, I, I can get like two hours of like high-quality editing, and then it dies. So now I've got two more cycles of that. So I've got six hours of power of like blowing through memory, and then I've got <laughs> a super high-quality like uh, one terabyte. It pushes out a gigabyte a second. Um, memory card, which is nuts. Um, because also, not only am I doing the, these kind of YouTube videos, but I, I do a lot of 360 video, and 360 is like 5.7K. And then last week, I my my brain broke, actually. I was testing out an 8K camera. It shoots 8K, oh. 60 frames a second. Each video file, a four-minute video file, was 80 gigs in size. You know how hard it is to work with an 80 gig size file? <laughs> my computer stopped. It just was like, no. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> you have to be able to, to take the content in and edit. And so like what Tyler does, and Tyler's really good at editing. I'm, I'm going to include the video on how to create the setups that we're talking about. And please take a note, like when you watch my videos, they're basically one shot. I might put some pictures in. Tyler is very good at editing and putting, you know, he'll put his face here talking about the product, demonstrations, the audio is consistent. It's putting in the effort to that. I noticed that other professionals notice that. And I have been called out hundreds if not thousands of times on my YouTube channel for not doing that. I keep getting better. The first year or two, my audio was horrible. I'd be in a blizzard shooting a bit of review for like a snowboard or something. I thought that was the greatest content because it's authentic and we're using the snowboard, but the audio was crap. And I, I got comments daily about it. So invest in the microphone, <laughs> step one, right? It's good audio. Nobody will watch a good video with bad audio. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate the, the compliment with the editing. That's been a I'll say years and years of working on it. And I know that I'm still an amateur in it. Right. I mean, even just talking with my friend that is a professional editor and I'm sure that her setup and how she can edit is amazing. And 
by learning these things. And I mean, if you have a MacBook Pro and you already have iMovie, and I say that in a lot, I think it, I'm a, I said it in a tutorial um, that I scripted out for today on the podcast, uh, making a podcast, is edit your stuff, mm-hmm. um, edit your videos, uh, just because you don't want to see that. And this is something that I laugh at. And if you're one of these people, I'm not, done, I'm not pointing you out, but if you're putting out content there and you're showing that your, your whole turn on the, your camera, walk in front of it, walk behind it, and your clients don't want to see that. Oh. I mean, just get to the goods. You might lose somebody in that six seconds right there. Yep. And so take the time, edit it, make sure that it's uh, in a, a time that's, I'll say 30 to 40 seconds. That's just my opinion. If you're putting it on social media, and then make sure that if you put titles on it, if you put things that are changing up, it's making it engaging. If the screen is moving, even just what Sean did with uh, changing the camera angles, that's something that's engaging. People see that, they're like, whoa, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. And, but it keeps them learning. And that, that comes more from, um, I'll say, that content development, the educational development side of me is that how can I make education more engaging? And a lot of that comes from just changing up the screen. And what I'm learning is that I can even do more with it, with the titles, how to, what kind of stuff can I add in there? What kind of angles can I add into it? And one of the things that, I mean, just along with the gear, um, some of the product stuff that I added into my videos, it's, it's, it's fun. You know, you're learning a different side of video that you might not be familiar with. So one of the newer things that I bought and it's in my closet right behind me is I actually bought a, a track slider. So when I'm panning, um, if you don't have a gimbal, mm-hmm. so I bought the newer, it's, it's, I'm saying newer, but it's a company newer. Yeah, it um, <laughs> it's a, it's a track slider. I think it's about uh, 15 inches long and essentially I can slide my camera along the tops of my tripod and it just makes it look entertaining instead of just holding camera image on one product it makes it so it shifts through it it just looks engaging and it's also smooth just how sean said earlier if you're doing shots you don't want to see bouncing around while you're filming it or else uh if you're editing it and you're trying to smooth it out it just makes it much harder for the software that's actually why part of why i did that is that um some of my older videos so there there are um i'll say there are ways to uh, tone that down a little bit in your editing software. So you, if you ha- do have footage that is a little um, wobbly, you can put uh, things on it to make it seem better, but still it's not the best. And sometimes it looks even weirder uh, because it's trying to figure out how to make it one smooth uh, video clip. True, and then you might lose footage that way too. How most image software, stabilizing software works is it crops in, right? So then you're going exactly. to lose potential content that you work so hard to create. So exactly. Yeah. So by getting the slider, and I did notice that in the last video doing a product shot, I was like, what does he got like a gimbal or a <laughs> cam? That's badass. <laughs> so yeah, people notice this stuff, right? Speaking of gimbals, I'll get mine real quick. Yes. Yeah. So this gimbal right here, I have done probably 200 interviews in person, like at outdoor retailer shows or going to events and, tracking people it's stupid simple to use um and the camera just mounts on right here and it's got gimbals have three points of rotation and this one is really simple to use if even my g9 it weighs like four and a half pounds with my small rig case on it will fit on here and it'll just butter smooth dial in and pretty much use point where you want it got a joystick you can rotate it you can rotate it to follow it's um they're good investments if you're going to be shooting a lot of content, if, especially if you're going to be shooting somebody else, right, for, for video. Mm-hmm. It helps the viewer not get nauseous. Yes. <laughs> Nobody will watch a shaky video or one with bad audio. And they're probably on sale for like, this is probably 300 when I got it a year ago. Probably like 250 on sale right now. So, good. Very good investment. Very yeah. good investment. And it, exactly what Sean's saying. And I mean, some people will look at a gimbal instead of a tripod. I will say both have their own benefits. Um, and if you are having somebody help you with your filming, a gimbal is going to make it a lot easier for you. Um, just a video that um, a, somebody that makes education for Kips, 
um, that he sent me over. So he's been working on improving his video quality. He got a new iPhone. I recommended a, a microphone for him. He's got a gimbal. And immediately I noticed the jump in quality uh, with the gimbal and moving around. If you're doing dynamic things where you're showing an exercise and you're going to be moving around, just simply moving one from point A to point B with the camera, it's going to make a difference. But keeping it stable, it's, I mean, it's, it's noticeable. And it's, it's something that, just how I said before, it keeps the learner engaged throughout the video. Mm -hmm. it's, it's so true. And, and I've literally handed that gimbal with a, a heavy camera on it to dirtbags that are on my team. I've got like 27 people on my team and maybe three of them are good with video, not including myself. I'm not good at video, but I've literally gave it to a person and a dirtbag is not a bad term. It's a climber, lives out of their van. So that is van, uses our shower, I hand the gimbal and um, we interviewed uh, North Face, uh, Conrad Anchor, and it worked great. He just followed me around with Conrad. If he can do it, you can do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, the technology makes things very simple. And probably the last topic to touch on is workflow. Yes. Everybody's workflow is a little bit different and mine's always evolving. I'm sure Tyler's is as well. But keep it simple, right? Find a system that you can replicate and make consistent content because um, it is easy to get lost. It's easy to like get overwhelmed with files. And like the very first thing that Tyler mentioned, I think it's the easiest thing for people to do. If you're only using your smartphone to shoot, just go into your that video and edit the beginning and end so people don't see you fumbling around, right? Just give them mm -hmm. the good, right? Yes. And then improve the audio. And then, you know, if you are going to do what we're doing with, with um, capture cards and, and Zoom, professional stuff, you know, that's the next step. Lighting. Um, there are lights. I think Tyler's was like 40 or 50 bucks. I think I paid my very first light. I think it was like 30 bucks. And, you know, they make, they make a big difference. I'll show you without the light on so you can see. And this one, again, is fancy. It's got a remote control. But hmm. there, you know, luckily I have that natural light. But at nighttime, if I was doing this, you wouldn't be able to see anything. So I'm going to turn him on. He's at, I think, 5,500 degrees. And um, there, you know, little things. go along. Little things. Yeah. Very, very true. And, I mean, the last tutorial that I made uh, for YouTube was about upgrading your, your setup for $100. Mm -hmm. And really the point of it was just to show that. And I know that $100 can be a lot for some people. Um, but picking some of those things. I mean, a tripod, the Amazon Basics tripod. I've had my Amazon Basics tripod, I honestly think, for six years. Oh, yeah. Uh, just because of it lasts. It's not the best tripod. It's cheap, but right. you can put it on top of your desk. You could use it with your camera. You could, yeah, you put it right yep, there. Right there. I've actually used it for a, uh, as an additional light source. I'll actually put my light on top of it just because yeah. you can screw it into it. So it has its uses. And it's very compact. It's easy to set up. Essentially, you can extend the legs, put your camera, put your light on top of it, boom. Um, and then also, I think one of the things in there that I mentioned, which is pretty important, is the, the video rig setup. So if you're going to be using your phone, that's going to be the big question is like, well, how do I get the, my phone on my tripod? They make these video rigs, like the one that Sean just showed, uh, the one that I demonstrated in that tutorial, you could put up to three different things on top of the video rig. So you could put two lights, one light, a shotgun microphone, those things on top of it. And I mean, those little things, they make a difference. If you're trying to have a setup that, I mean, you can almost get pretty close to this. The light that I put in that package was around $30, looked very similar to the one that Sean just showed, but it does, it makes such a difference. Those little differences are gonna make people wanna watch. And you could get one of those things, you can make, get two of those things and it's going to make a difference or even just doing a little bit of research on, uh, and Sean right now in his setup, he showed how he's using natural light too to fill in uh, his face and those things make a difference. I mean, that's one of, I mean, it's free. So finding a place yeah. to film, um, in my office, I had, it's blacked out uh, to my, to the right of me. And that's why I have the led light above me. But I mean, you can use natural light for the meantime and then wait, invest. Because lights can be $30, $100, $1,000. I mean, I believe the light that a lot of YouTubers use is around $1,000. Yeah. I mean, and that's still just scraping the surface of what you can get with lights. 
I have my eyes on that thing. <laughs> Watching reviews. There's this one that rolls out. It's an LED panel. Oh, it looks so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, once you get into this, you'll start getting kind of excited about it like we are. Um, but th those are just things that will push it to the next, next, next level. Uh, the tutorial that uh, Tyler put together is fantastic. It's approachable. It's well laid out. It's about a hundred bucks and it really works. It works very well. The mm -hmm. setup I'm using costs probably three or four times that, but that's only because I've pieced it together and it's paid yep. for itself right away. So um, bottom line is this is all doable. It'll benefit you. It'll benefit your clientele. It will, there's a chance it might even bring a new clientele, possibly even from different businesses you probably weren't thinking of. Like I did not know I was gonna get hired by a law firm or mm -hmm. you know, other places to help them create their content. You know, um, so if you do it the right way, you do it a very good quality, it shows people notice that and they they might want to hire you for more than oh, just yeah. training. So Oh yeah. And I know that we're wrapping things up here, but if I could share one item that I think for lighting, because I know we're talking about lighting right now. Yes. Um, I found a tutorial for making a relatively cheap LED light. So if you can get a stand, you can get a stand off of OfferUp or Facebook Market. Some people will sell these things for like 10, probably less than 10 bucks if you wanted to. So give me one second. I'm going to grab this LED light. Yes. I'm very excited about this. And um, there's a lot of these kind of tools that we've picked up um, that you've probably seen in different videos as we improve our content. And bottom line is they, any one of these things will help improve your content and this is gonna be really cool. What do you got here? So the LED light, I saw a somebody was trying to make a an, basically a setup for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so on Amazon I bought this um what's it called? The Bone Bon Lux, um a 360 degree energy conservation um light, and really it's probably the best, I think it was $15 that I've spent on a light bulb. And it is fantastic for what you can do. Um, I grabbed that out of my trash can because um, I was throwing it in the box. But so I had a stand already and the umbrella for it, but the setup for it and the difference is tremendous. I mean, really, it makes it like it's almost a professional setup. I've used this um, in some of the webinars that I've done if somebody is away from the lecture setup and they want to do a demonstration, I just set this up and it is fantastic for what it offers for $15. So <laughs> you can piece something like this together and you yeah. could get, you don't have to get an umbrella. You can, I've seen some people, I think what they uh, recommend is even using like a shower curtain to yeah. kind of make it to, to soften it up, but I'll plug it in quickly and just to show what the difference is in this room. Oh, this is exciting. This is the kind of stuff that we nerd out off off the record every weekend. Like, what are you working on this weekend? All right, this is gonna be fun. And um, also, we can create better content for you guys, and so you guys can learn how to do this as well. And what he's mentioning, uh, softening. There's things called softbox to try and make the light less harsh. Um, and so, because uh, light can be really harsh, and there's different temperatures of light. The lighting I'm using right now is 5500. Daylight is like 5600. Candlelight somewhere around. 3300 so different lighting gives you different results and it might not seem like it's a big deal but more light like you've seen it allows the camera to work a little better too oh yeah so i mean i'll turn off the panel that i have above you can see how much it illuminates the whole room but if yeah. you're setting this up off camera as your main your main light I mean, you could put this below or above somebody with the proper stand and it's going to light it up very nicely. And again, for $15, this thing's great. Yeah. As a bargain. Wow. See, in this, this conversation, I've already like got five or six actionable things myself to do from Tyler. So this, this has been helpful. You get yourself a five comma one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been a lot of fun, Tyler. Like it's been so fun to pick your brain, you know, over the last few months on how how to build this. I'm so glad it's working out for you, and you're attracting new clientele. And I'm sure the listeners are understanding. Like there are a lot of ways to serve their customers, and utilizing any one of the tools, the tips that you've provided, 
um, will improve their content. And I'm gonna have links to the videos and then the next video you have, I'll link that here when that's ready to Thank go. Thank you. Of course, and then episode 15 and 18 of the KIPS podcast, which is a very good podcast, um, is available on all the platforms, right? Uh, right now we, we're available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Wonderful. Um, and also, uh, if you check out uh, KIPS Instagram, they'll have little uh, segments, like really helpful little nuggets um, of mm-hmm. podcasts. So definitely give Kips and Tyler a follow on Instagram. Um, you want to leave listeners and viewers with any last parting words of wisdom? I will say that the last words of wisdom is honestly, and this is something that um, some people might not want to do, but I would consider it, is script your stuff. I honestly, I script all my tutorials, um, just like how I script my educational lectures, uh, just because it makes the editing process easier and it makes it so, it's just more professional. And I know that that's something that you'll fight with. You're like, oh, I don't want to spend the extra time to edit something. But in all honesty, if you take that script then, and so now when you go make your description for YouTube or your landing page on your blog, you can essentially just pull the pieces from your script to put it in there. So you're not having to type something up for each of them. It just makes it that much easier. You save time right there, but you're also going to save time in your editing and also the content creation of it. That's great advice. And I should probably follow that because I do ad lib most of my videos and <laughs> most of them are not good. <laughs> so yeah, next video we can, we can talk about that. We can talk about um, best practices for YouTube, thumbnails, uploading, uh, transcription, linking, affiliate marketing. Um, yeah, we, that, that'd be fun for us to tackle on the next one. I definitely think so. And if Sean, you don't mind, I got a little plug for everybody Um, through, through fitness fest events and conferences. If you check them out online, so fitnessfest.org. So this Saturday, I'm actually doing a basic tutorial on YouTube. Uh, It does have continuing education with AFA, with NASM, with ACE and NAFC. And so the basics one is this Saturday, 9 a.m. Pacific standard time next Saturday, which is the, uh, the 20th at same 9 a.m. Pacific standard time. I'm doing actually my YouTube center digital marketing webinar that again, this has a uh, continuing education. I believe it's 2.0 uh, or two hours of contact hours for continuing education. And so that one, essentially I'm going to describe and go through a presentation that I've done at different conferences. And it's essentially how I market with Kips. Um, so essentially how I develop content for YouTube and then I spread it across all the social media platforms, how it saves time and essentially how you can get free traffic going towards your business. That's super helpful. Yeah. We're going to definitely put that as a, the first link. Um, so send that over to me and I'll probably attend this Saturday because I can always learn more. <laughs> <laughs> hey, great stuff there, Tyler. Thank um, you. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for being on the show, man. Um, and to you engagement listeners, uh, viewers and anybody else tuning into this. Um, I know you got a lot of value by this. Uh, hit me up with any questions. Uh, this will be on the Engagement YouTube channel, on all the platforms for podcasting, as well as on our website. And um, again, thanks to our guest, Tyler. Um, looking forward to next time. And I'll see you this Saturday, probably, on your webinar. Thank you, Sean. My pleasure.